Because what they're saying is that the church should be the house of Jesus with people living like Jesus, so they shouldn't be acting any kind of other way but Jesus, like Jesus. Which tells me these people don't read the Bible. Right. Right. Because what did Jesus do? Go in the church and clear up the place. It's true. Go ahead, sir. I'm just going to say all of that you just stated right now is like the fundamentals, so to speak. It's like a beginner of a person knowing a little bit about church, you know. Um, we're real good not only when it comes to the Bible but we're real good about other things too about what we call judging the book by the cover we don't know what's in the book we've heard people probably quote a few things and so we've took that and ran with it and we don't have a clue about what it means you know so all this that they're looking at, person going to church and he's supposed to act a certain way, he's supposed to do this, he's supposed to do that because he's a Christian. But see, there's some, some, some inside work, there's some construction that has to go on. And what they don't understand is that, is that let, me, let me put it like this. It's like if we're constructing a, a bridge, and we're working on that bridge or trying to work. And there's different material that you got to use on that bridge in order to build that bridge. You, you're trying to get to the point the way you complete the bridge. But the material is not cooperating with you. The material is, is, is just giving you problems all the time. And so as you try to correct the problem with the material, the material is still bucking against you, you know? And so when you post that had the bridge completed in two months, it's taken six months now, almost to a year because the material is not cooperating with. So what he has to do in order to get the material to cooperate, he's got to come in and make some modifications on it in order to get because the possibility that he ordered certain material and it didn't come in the right size or it came in uh too long or, or, or too big or, or it's the wrong kind you know and it, you got all these different issues he's running into but the construction worker who's over there knows exactly what he's supposed to do and he's trying to do that the thing is he can't get the material to cooperate with them. And the people that's making the material have given them the wrong measurements and, and, and things are not going right. So the problem is, it's not with the construction worker, but it's with the material. And what we have to look at with us, when God is the construction worker, he's the, what we call the manufacturer. He already knows what's the right size. He already knows the right things to use. He already has the right things to use for us. The problem that he's having is us. We're the problem. Where he's trying to do the conforming, where he's trying to 
help us. And he's, he's laid out the book, the owner's manual, the guidebook, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. He's laid it out. And he's saying, do this, do that, say this, say that, live like this, live like that, do it. And what I'm going to do in the process of doing that for you, I'm going to give you a manual to show you how to live this Christian life. But because I know that if you try to live the Christian life under your own strength, I'm going to give you somebody to help you. I know that in order for you to live this Christian life the way I want you to live it, you're going to need supernatural help because the natural help is just you and you can't do it by yourself. So I told you when I was leaving that I was going to send you one just like me who was going to be the confident and he was going to come and he was going to give you this power from up on high that you're going to need in order to carry out what I've commanded you to do. So I'm going to send this comforter to you called the Holy Spirit. Our problem is we don't access the power that he's given us in order to be able to do the things that he wants us to do. If you went out to your car to get in it, and once you got out to your car, your car has everything in it to get you from point A to point B. You got plenty of gas in it. You got plenty of oil in it. Your engine is running good. Your transmission is running good. Everything is good in your car. Even the battery is good. But if you don't get in the car and turn the switch, turn it on, all of that car with everything that it has to get you from point A to point B is not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to sit right there. So God is saying the Holy Spirit is like the ignition switch. If you turn me on, there's some things that will begin to happen that you never knew that could happen before. He says, I'm there. I'm living within you. God has given him to live within us. He said, you have everything. <laughs> you have exactly to activate exactly what I need you to need you to accomplish. He said, just turn me on. And I show you that we can get accomplished exactly what God wants us to accomplish. And, and, and that's our problem. It's us. It's not him. Where, where's the wrong at in God? Where's the problem with God at? He's not a problem. He's the problem solver. So he's given us every single thing we need to accomplish, everything he wants us to accomplish. So what is the problem? Why don't we use that power in order to be victorious, in order to be able to accomplish everything that God wants us to? Sits on the right hand of God. Right. God the Father. 
making intercession. True. You believe what First John says. Um, if you confess your sin, mm-hmm. he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all our righteousness. You believe what First John two and one says. He says, "My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not." But if you sin, I got since you don't sin, right. you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, your right. If you've done all that stuff, if you now, and, and I have to explain this so often to people, people say, when I came to Christ, I did a complete 360. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. Think about that. Matter of fact, I did this when I was in the Bible. I said, how many of y'all did a 360? Well, put your hands up. Hands start going up. I just started that. I turned to the people and they just got saved. They just got saved. They know. You did a 360, now. And I did a 360. I said, all right. I did a 360. I said, where am I here? I'm here in the same direction I did. Right by where you started. You got to do a 180. Right. You got to turn from some stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to turn to and turn from. When you come to Christ, you turn from the world and turn to Him. Right. That's right. You turn your face to the Christ and you turn your back on the world. It's true. How can I turn my back on the world? We're in the world, but we're not of it. Right. What the world does is not what we do. It's true. World standards are not our standards. So if any man be in Christ, oh, he's a watch this, a new creature. Hmm. A new creature. You know what folks say when I got saved, my hands lifted. <laughs> You're new. There's a new spirit that now resides in mm-hmm. There's a new way of thinking. That you not have. Right. However, let me put up the red stuff. <laughs> <laughs> let me go ahead on and put up the red stuff. The old man, he's still there. Still there. That's why Paul in Romans 7 and in Galatians 5 talk about there's a war going. Except for the flesh, rusty after the spirit, the spirit after the flesh. These two are contrary to the man. True. Like the hat seals and the coats, just fighting each other. Unlike the hat seals and the thrower, they don't know what they're fighting about. The spirit and the flesh, they know what they're fighting The flesh wants you to be who you used to be before you accepted Jesus Christ. And I am here to tell you, Jesus Christ will make a difference in your life. Right. Right. Yes, he will. It's true. He'll make a difference. Because you won't have the same desires when you start to listen to and follow the Spirit. As you said, he's in there, just turn the Spirit. Right. You'll think about some stuff, but you quickly, uh-uh, that's not where you want to go. You'll true. see something, you'll be like, man, but you'll be like, oh. and here's one thing the Holy Spirit is not a it, it is a he. Right. He's true. A,
He is a person. So, if, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's been born from above now. That's what Jesus was telling Nicodemus. When Nicodemus said, how can I be born again? Nicodemus said, how, how can I enter into my mother's womb a second time? No, Nicodemus. When he talks about being born again, he's talking about being born from above. And that's what you have to do. You have to be born from above. You have to take on the nature of Jesus Christ. You have to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, behold, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. You slowly and surely, and some people move at different speeds than others. As you continue to get closer and closer to God, as you continue to get more and more in this word, what you will find that you will need to be doing is pulling off more of your old nature and becoming more and more like Christ. You're running to them situations where somebody say something to you and you be that close to, to going back at them, but you listen to the spirit and you won't. It's like you and someone were just having a conversation when it comes to the word of God. You don't fuss over the word. You just say, okay. You 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 listen to that scripture in Proverbs that said, go from the presence of a foolish person when thou perceivest in them not the lips of knowledge. You don't even engage in that kind of stuff. And so as you, every day, every day, and I hear some people say that every day they do a self-evaluation. They check themselves or take inventory of themselves. So every day you ought to look and see where you were today, where you started today, and how did you end today? Did you have more highs or lows? As you continue to Sanctify yourself through the power of the Spirit of God. Some days you're gonna, it's going to be easy. Some days you're going to be tested. Some days you're going to be like, don't, that don't buy. But someday one little thing will, will, will about take you off course. And, and, I, and I think, too, with, uh, with the
we have been changed. Okay, so we're, we're not the ones who we used to. Uh, there has been a change. That once that change happened, uh, you change to the point where now you become spiritual. Okay, uh, the Holy Spirit has come live uh, within us, basically be able to lead and guide us into all truth. But I think a lot of times we're not aware. Of The, uh, with the Christian. And one of the reasons why there should always be a struggle when it comes down to sin is because now there's this battle set up in where uh, it's between the flesh and the spirit. And you're aware of this battle now because the spirit is in us now. I think that if we was uh, honest with ourselves, of what has just happened when you accept Christ, that we might be a little bit more careful about how we live our lives. Or, as Galatians 5 says, how we walk. You know? uh, and, and the reason why I say that is because when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, he says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple? Of the Holy Ghost, which which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So he says, You have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, what has happened is that you have to understand that you are no longer owner. Right. Which we thought we were. You know, you're no longer in control. God owns you now. And since He owns you, He tells you what to do. He's the one that makes the rules. And since He makes the rules, God owns you now. And since He owns you, He makes the rules. Right. Uh, and so what I think is uh, one of the problems now is, is the awareness now. The awareness of uh, who owns you. You know, when we look at the Holy Spirit, we look at him uh, as living in us. And, and, and I think that if we are more aware of Christ or aware of the Holy Spirit living in us, then what we're going to do is we're going to be a little bit more cautious on how we live our lives. You know, and Paul tells us there in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 19, he says, says what? Say, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. He says, for ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body 
and in your spirit, which are God's. So he said, you, you're, not, you're not the owner. You don't tell God what to do because he bought you. And if he bought you, he makes the rules. And he tells you exactly what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. We take it upon ourselves to choose what we want to do, whether we want to obey God or whether we don't want to obey God. And so a lot of times uh, we, we, we have to look at it that even when we sin, we carry God into the sin that we're committing. See, when, when we understand our spiritual position, our spiritual, spiritual position is in Christ. Okay. Why? Because we are what? The body of Christ. And since we are the body of Christ, Christ is living in us and we're living in him. Well, when we sin, we actually pull God into the very sin that we are committing. And people don't look at that, man. That's exactly what you're doing. You pull him into that same sin because now you are a part of him. And people don't understand that, that that is exactly what's going on. Um, I think it was D.L. Moody, Moody or either Charles Spurgeon, one of the ones. Um, but he was had a conversation with somebody. And... They was talking about the different things that they're involved in. And he said that what you have to understand is this, is that he said that, don't you understand that you're carrying God around with you? Everywhere you go, you're actually carrying God around with you. And since people have not been educated, have not been taught on this, then we don't understand what's actually going on. You know, the power that we have and who's living in us to give us that power we need to not sin. He's actually living in us. And we have to learn how to, as I said before earlier, we have to learn how to turn him on. And your salvation is, is going to, not salvation, but your sanctification you're going to see that the more you turn him on, the more you will be turned off when it comes down to the sin that we struggle with. Because he is our help. He's given us, he calls him the paraclete. He's given him, he said, I'm going to send you one just like me. One just like me. Even though I won't be here with you in the physical to help you or talk to you and teach you, he says, I'm going to send one in the spirit or I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who is just like me. And so he's never left us because didn't he say, when I leave, I go away. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not abandon you. You're going to have me, the spiritual me, with you at all times. And so we have that living within us, but we do not know how to access it to the point to where he helps us be victorious more in this Christian world. And that's our problem. You just said a mouthful <clears throat> when you said the way to turn him on is to turn ourselves off. Exactly. That's where he he reigns in our life. It's true. That's where when we decide to 
not listen to ourselves or not dance to the beat of our own drums. When we decide to follow the dictates and the mandates of the Spirit of God, that's when we move forward. Right. That's when we can continue to sanctify ourselves more and more. Mm -hmm. But as long as we're fighting, as long as we're like a seesaw, a yo-yo, up and down, up and down, we don't progress too much in our sanctification. Right. We should be moving from glory to glory. That's one stage to another stage. And I ain't talking about moving to different levels in Christ. I'm just talking about just passing one thing and moving on. You know, we, we should always be growing in Christ. We should grow so that we can show other people that, you know, how people say, well, he did it for me. I know he'll do it for you. Right. Well, that's not necessarily true. He can do it. <laughs> exactly. Don't he mean he will. Exactly. He, he can do it. Does not mean that he necessarily will. But in this realm, he'll do for us as long as we remove ourselves and allow him. I like what Brother Sam said one time. He said, when you come to the end of yourself, mm -hmm. you come to the beginning of God. Right. So, so as long as we take self out the way, mm -hmm. God will take us from glory to glory. We, he'll help us with that. The Spirit will help us with that sanctification process. Right. Right. And we should be trying. And the sanctification process is just what he said in Romans 8, 29, that he may conform you to the image of his son. True. He's just trying to get us to look like Jesus. Right. And a lot of us got a lot of dross on us. Mm -hmm. You know, they would put the gold in the fire and then heat the fire. And heat them, yeah. And it melted and all those impurities on top would have come dross. So they would take them off and then they turn the heat back up and get some more dross off. And right. Maybe somebody, you like, God, what's going on? Maybe he's just trying to purify you. He's, he's turning up the get, heat. Yeah, he's just getting some stuff off of you. <laughs> He gets some lying off for you. He gets mm -hmm. some backbiting off for you. He gets some, right. you know, sowing discord off for you. Getting some of that feet that's quick to shed, you know, run swift and all trying to start. So maybe he gets some nosiness off of you because you're a busybody and other folk business. Not the Christian. That, that first Thessalonians chapter okay. 4, verse 11. He told them, don't be busybodies in your other folks' life. And see, that's the thing. Christians, this Christian life, right? this sanctification process is a lifelong process. journey. Yes, sir. It's a lifelong process. But we ought to be better day by day. Right. What a move closely. If any man be in Christ, behold, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And here's something some people don't understand about the become new. The become new actually is becoming new. Exactly. So you're actually constantly working right. toward newness. It's true. 
Because as long as we're in this stuff called flesh, we won't ever be like Jesus. Right. But what we can do is allow the spirit to have reign in our lives, which will make us look more and more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I've I've, I've heard uh, and I've seen it in a lot of churches is that uh, people that are struggling and they are actually born again, actually saved. Uh, whenever there is a call for prayer, uh, I even heard some pastors say, well, if you want the Lord to give you more power, come on up for prayer. You know, if, if you want the Lord to give you more strength, you know, if you need more of the Holy Spirit, come on up for prayer, you know. And, uh, I heard some people even say that, you know, I need more of the Holy Spirit. You know, I need to be, I got, I need more power. So, and, 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 and I'm listening to this and they actually go up for, it, uh, for, for more power. I'm like, okay, well, uh, what more power is power, more powerful than the Holy Spirit? I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure this out, you know, you, so, and and I think that one of the one of the things is this: when all of us got saved, uh, Bible teaches that we were indwelt with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it's not that you need more of the Holy Spirit, and and this is key: it's not that you need more of the Holy Spirit. You already got all of the Holy Spirit. You're gonna get. God doesn't give you the Holy Spirit in portions, like He gives you. 25% right now. And then when you do better, I give you another 50%. And then, you know, after you reach a certain pinnacle, then I give you another 25%. So <clears throat> I'm going to give them to you in portions. No, he gives you the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a third part of the Trinity. And we have to understand that when he talks about it, I think it's in John chapter 14, where he talks about uh, when he, that, he would come and he will sup with us that he will live within us and dwell in us. And he says that when he, when he says it, he actually says, we, he said, we will come. And that's Jesus. Cause you know, we always say, well, that's what Jesus said. God was written in red. But when Jesus was talking to the disciple, he said, we will come and sup with you or we will come dine with you. And he says that we're going to dwell with you and we will dwell with you forever. He says that's what the Holy Spirit does. It dwells within you forever. But he uses the pronoun we, which means that if the Holy Spirit is living within you, then that means that Jesus Christ and God is living within you too. Because can you separate the three? He says the Bible says that all three are one. And so when we look at this thing, we had to take it real serious, serious because you get the Holy Spirit. And once you get the Holy Spirit, he's living within you once you accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, the number one thing now is that you got all that you need in order to be victorious over the flesh, over the world and the devil. Now, the thing is, is that you have the Holy Spirit living within you. 
But the question is, how much of you does the Holy Spirit have? See, the Holy Spirit is there. You have everything you need now in order to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. You have everything you need in order for you to be victorious. But how much of you does the Holy Spirit have? And that's where the struggle is right there. If we give in to him and let him do what he's supposed to do, we'll find out that we'll have more victories and we'll be able to uh, sin a whole lot less than what we're sinning. And that's what God is trying to do again, trying to conform us into the image of his son. So in order for him to do that, we on our part, we have to yield more to the Holy Spirit and follow his leading and his guidance. And the Bible said he would do what he would lead you into all truth. So if we got a problem with that, we're the problem. So until we do that, then your growth is going to be stunned. And you're not going to be able to be that person that God wants you to be yet. Not until we just cooperate with what he's trying to do. I think that's the perfect way to end this segment right here. (laughs) (laughs) Sanctification is about denying yourself. Becoming less. Because it becoming less and less about the individual. Right. And that individual taking up more and more of the ways of God. Unless you got something else, we'll go ahead and end here. I'm good. Before we end, we don't know. There may be somebody out there who you don't know this Jesus that we talked about who will not only save you, but he'll help you with the sanctification process. He's one that loves. He's one that's kind. He's one that's caring. He's the one that came down from heaven, wrapped himself in flesh, Walked on this earth some 33 years, 33 plus years, a little over 33, they say. But when he came, he had a destination. And that destination was on a hill called Calvary. He came to Calvary just to die for all of our sins. He came to this earth rather to die for all of our sins. Knowing that one day, he would die an excruciatingly painful death. And I saw something that said, Jesus looked at Calvary and he thought about you and he said, you're worth it. And so he died, not for him, not because he'd done anything wrong, but because sin, Sin was that thing that keeps us from God. and He was the bridge back for man to come back to God. That's true. And so we want to offer him to somebody on tonight. You don't have to tell us right where you are. You can pray. 
you can repent of your sins. And remember that word repent means a change of direction, a change of mindset, and a change of heart. So on tonight, right where you are, if you don't notice Jesus, again, Romans 10 and 9 says, that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you do that, new life can begin. Just pray and say, God, I'm a sinner. God, I've lived this sinful life for so long. I've heard about you. Never tried. <laughs> heard mama talk about you. Heard grandmama talk about you. Went to church one time. Heard the preacher talk about you. Now I want to know you for myself. So on tonight, God, we pray that you save somebody. We pray that somebody would turn to you, God. This time is winding up. Time is getting short. So we pray that again that someone prays that prayer of faith and believe, ask God to come into your life, be Lord and Savior. And new life will begin. And we want to tell you truthfully, new life begins, but you start a war that won't end until you leave here. Mm -hmm. That's a war with Satan himself. But here's the thing about Satan. The devil's already defeated. It's true. Keep the faith. Keep looking up. Hey, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, reach out to us on any of our social media. We put it up every Tuesday. Or you can leave questions or comments on this broadcast again. Thank you for joining us. I'm Reverend G. Lewis Tillman. He is Reverend John Mason. We're going to ask that he pray us out. And until God bring us back together again, take care. Be blessed. We love you. Father, again, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We ask and pray that something was said tonight to bring somebody back in the fellowship. Maybe the backslider heard it, Father, and they knew that you are married to them, Father. Uh, as the prodigal son that they might be right now, Father, let yes, them know sure. that they can come back to you, Father, for you are standing there with outstretched arms, Lord, just waiting on them, Lord, just to, just to come back home, Father. Lord, they're like sheep that have gone astray, Father. We we turn to our own way, Father, but you right there for us, Lord, to welcome us back into the fold. Father, we thank you tonight for, for such a time as this, Father, for the lesson tonight. Uh, we ask that someone listening in tonight might have been saved, Father, might have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Lord, that they understood what salvation is about. Then they understood that we're in the sanctification process, Father, where uh, that question of being a hypocrite, Father, that question where they don't understand why Christians do and say the things that they do sometimes. And then they raise that popular question and says, I thought you were a Christian. 
Father, maybe we've shed some light on that question for him tonight to understand that we're just Christians under construction, Father. And the bridge is not complete yet. And so there's going to be times, Father, where we do things that we shouldn't have done, say things that we shouldn't have said. But you are a God that's standing there and said, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, we thank you tonight for the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding, Father. And since we've done all that tonight, Father, let us do the next best thing, which is to apply what we've learned tonight to help us grow and be victorious in our spiritual world. Father, we thank you for it right now. And we ask that you just bless us in the way that you would have us to go, Father. Until we meet again, we thank you for it right now. We ask these things in Jesus Christ, holy and righteous name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen again. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Until next time, be blessed.